I'm Ben, and I've been able to build a bit of a following online to the tune of around 250,000 now across multiple platforms. And I'm Francis, and I'm trying to do the same. In this podcast, we talk about our experiences trying to make content, build audiences, and to eventually try to make a living from it. And in this episode, we talk about the idea of small bets. We're not talking about casino, or else we, we did mention that a little bit, but we're talking about that in respects to building products as well as content and how you can do little experiments to sort of diversify your portfolio of small bets. And you'll actually be surprised at what you can find with doing these experiments. And we hope you get something out of this one. Enjoy. So what's been going on? Well, I guess for us, the big news is that we've worked on a plugin, Ooh. which was, I guess, yeah. kind of out of left field, but yeah. it's happened. It was bloody good fun. Hmm. I, I wanted something. I started hacking away at it, got mm-hmm. it to like a working-ish kind of level and said, hey, what do you reckon about this? And he was like, oh, this is a good problem. I was like, all right, you want to go halvesies on this one? And we're like, yep, <laughs> let's do it. And then Francis made it shit hot. And it's awesome. So it's called Filthy. Yeah, oh, Filthy name. Filthy. Yeah, That's yeah. two L's for anyone. Yeah, fil- yeah Filthy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like an autofill for anyone using Photoshop, mm-hmm. like a selection autofill plugin that does a bunch of other things that personally I really want, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to do in Photoshop, like automatic hue shifts. And for people that don't understand this, my apologies, or like luminosity lock, which was kind of a lot harder to do than I initially thought it was going to be. Yeah, there needed to be a little bit of color theory and maths and yeah. things like that to make that work. Some fun stuff in there, which is mm-hmm. which is wicked. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, where Fr- Francis came in and just like hit it out the park. But yeah, launched it. Mm-hmm. We made a couple hundred bucks off of it. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And I think what's interesting about this project is that it aligns with this kind of small bets philosophy that we've mm. both been kind of following for a while. And it's I don't know if it's the first because I think you've had a – well, you kind of follow it a lot in, I guess, your content game. Ish. The tutorial was a, was a large small bet. What, like a yeah. medium bet? Medium bet. <laughs> yeah. This, this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would you describe the small bets philosophy? I guess it's something where you don't spend too much effort on something. Mm. You put it out quickly and you just try to get paid for it pretty quickly. Yeah, but you yeah, you also want the thing to be valuable. So I guess there's, yeah. a, there's a, a, a large part of – yeah, figuring out what that small bet's going to be. Mm-hmm. But also I think like having fun with it as well, mm-hmm. like whatever it is. It feels more like a fun, not like other larger projects aren't fun, but it's just like a, a fun little tall thing. You could even like funnel it into more like education mm-hmm. side of things, e-product, any sort of online product essentially, mm-hmm. whether it be software or what, that's sort of low effort to get out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have technically probably launched it even earlier. Oh yeah. If you were going like super hardline with the small bets mm-hmm. philosophy of like getting it done in like a week or two, um, I think we spent maybe like three weeks on it. Did we? It feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah, not full time though. No, no, no. No, that no. was just like sort of maybe a week's full. Yeah, there, work. Was, there was a little bit of research, and then probably coding was maybe like a day or two. Yeah, really. Yeah. So it was cool, but it was a real need that I wanted. Yeah, because it was a thing in Photoshop that I wanted. It wasn't there. And yeah, just try to figure out and put it in there. So it's like, yeah, trying to find those little things. Mm. I think it, it makes sense as well if it's something that you have a problem with as well or yeah. something that you want to solve. It makes it fun. It decreases the risk. I guess the idea of the small bets thing is like to decrease the risk as much as you can yeah. and spread it out and sort of diversify your portfolio mm-hmm. of small bets. And if you've got the problem yourself, that even sort of decreases that risk of t- 
time spent on it as well because there's going to be at least a customer of one and at the very least you're going to use the thing Mm -hmm. it's going to help you out in your day-to-day right Mm. and what i like about it is that it's completable you know you can kind of have an idea of what the finished state is yep and you can get there within a couple of weeks yep very defined parameters yeah, it's what not like is it? software product that we've been working on in the past, you know, keep on, where it's like, is this completable? Yeah. Yes, but maybe in like a long time, yeah. <laughs> like a very long time frame. Yeah. You know, this is something that we've really narrowed down the scope of. Yeah. And it's basically in a final state. More or less. Yeah. I can't, like, we're trying to think of things to put in it. It'll be like cherry on top mm-hmm. sort of things. Or as I start using it, that's what I'm going to be. I'm just going to be using the living shit out of it and- just yeah is it working what's not working what would i like to have more and da 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 da. it's just Mm -hmm. like yeah it just really helps out in my painting process Mm. it's actually helped me with color theory as well understanding certain things because like trying to figure out this luminosity lock kind of thing as well without got like i gotta realize this isn't like an art podcast so i don't want to go like too deep into it but it's like if you choose different colors like yellow red and blue for example blue like if you think of them as their pure color they have different brightness levels. Mm. So then you can like quickly sandbox and test a lot of color theory pretty quickly and like lock different color variations and that kind of – it's just really fucking cool. I, I'm, I'm really happy with what we've sort of come out with. Yeah. I love the name as well. Filthy. Yeah. We started with Shapeshifter, uh-huh. but then I didn't Google Shapeshifter <laughs> and there's already like a, a, a Photoshop plugin called Shapeshifter. So mm-hmm. we're like last minute – Frick. Um, <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil, it feels autofill, filthy. Well, the suggestion was Philo. Philo, yeah. Which, which was, it was a good name, but probably a bit too close to Filipino. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't think of that. That was your call. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Philo, Philly sound a little bit like not it's weird, Phil like Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, filthy is like, I don't know, it's like kind of I like something it. you'd remember. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Gives you a little bit of the ick, but that's not. It's, but I, the way I feel it is like, oh yeah, these colors are filthy. This is like, mm-hmm. mm, like, like good, like good filthy. The marketing rice itself. That's it. It's right on OnlyFans. <laughs> but yeah, this comes back to this whole small bits philosophy, right? And what I like about small bits is that it kind of comes from maths as to why it works. Mm. So the idea is from the Kelly criterion. This is very technical, but I will try my best to explain it. Tell us about Kelly. Let's say um, I make a bet with you and I say, okay, I'm going to flip this coin. And this is an unfair coin. So 55% of the time it's heads Mm. and 45% of the time it's tails. How much should you bet on heads, which is, you know, the higher probability? Mm. And let's say you have $10. How much of that $10 should you bet so that you'll maximize your profit in the long run and not go bankrupt? Mm. So it'd be a lot of, lots of smaller bits, I'm assuming. Yeah. So yeah. too small and you won't grow as much, but yeah. too high and then you'll lose all your money. Yeah. So there's kind of a maths answer, which mm. will give you the right amount to bet. Yeah. And it's quite small, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the idea of that. If you don't want to go bankrupt over your time in terms of your time living, because you can think of instead of money, time is a resource also, yeah. right? So there's time and money. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to spend all your time on this one big bet. You really have to do it in a way such that when you do your bets, you don't go bankrupt. Mm. So it's much better to have smaller bets and then to have a portfolio of smaller bets mm. because then you can get the result in your lifetime. Yeah. Because you can imagine if you're playing a lottery, yeah. even if there's a positive expectation on your reward, you might not win in your lifetime because the odds are so low, right? Yeah. 
So by having multiple smaller bets, there's a higher chance of the result happening in this lifetime. Yep. If you're in a casino, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're playing roulette. What are the chances of someone getting double? Is it double zero? The one that's like yeah, like double zero. Like zero and double zero. Yeah, so yeah. you can bet on one of those, right? And yeah. that's like a one in whatever chance. Yep. But what's the chance for the casino? See how many people go through the casino. Mm. It's guaranteed, right? Yeah. Guaranteed that someone will win that. Yeah. So it's like if you can find a way to maximize the number of bets, then you have a higher chance of succeeding in your lifetime. Mm. And these ideas come from the Keller Criterion. Nicholas Taleb talks about it in his books. I think he talks about it in Anti-Fragile. And kind of a more recent person that's been talking about it is Daniel Fasalo, who we both mm-hmm. follow. And he really loves talking about this small bet stuff. And one of the ways he kind of likens it to is you think about VCs of venture capitalists and how they make money, they just get a lot of bets. Mm. You know, so they have a higher chance of succeeding in their payoff because they just have so many bets spread across so many different companies. Mm. But if you're one of those companies, you don't have the same probability of success as the VC does for no. his whole thing because he has his best spread. Yeah. But you're all in on one. Yeah. So there's a chance that you won't make it in your lifetime to have success. Yeah. But then there are people who do make it and then they, you know, they have huge success, but that might not happen yeah. in this lifetime. Yeah. So it's just like if you're trying to make it in the content game and business game, how can you make it more likely that you're going to make it in this lifetime? Mm. I think that's kind of the big thing. And that's a, that's a great point. Like even in the content game, yeah, we've just released a product, but I'm doing that with content mm. consistently, trying different things out, low risk. What's my small bet of content? I guess you could say even like Twitter, mm-hmm. trying Twitter, shorts, uh, stories, sorry. That would be even like the micro bet you could almost say. Trying stories out, different things, low risk, low time input. And then, yeah, if it works, awesome. Double down on that and then go for it. And then that's the thing. You don't have to stick with one of these things either. It's mm. like, okay, if you if you like doing it and it ticked all the boxes and other people liked it, awesome. Double down. Mm. Start mining that vein and just just keep sort of cracking on with that. It doesn't just have to be with products or software or and I'm I'm kind of almost doing it with my upcoming course where I'm going to be getting people in like a cohort of people versus like before doing the online version where mm. it's not me live. That's kind of reducing that risk and that's kind of another small bet to see if people do sign up to that in the first place before I then go spend all the time in editing up all the videos and, mm-hmm. and this and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it can be used in all sorts of areas. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like it just de-risks everything and it de-stresses you a little bit as well, mm. I think. And it doesn't give you enough time to really worry too much about stuff, you know, mm. like you still, like, I think we still have the tendency of like, oh, you want to tweak this and you want to, you want to do that. And I guess as you grow and you try different things as well, those smaller bets might become like, they're relative to you. Mm-hmm. as well like as you're saying a vc like a venture capitalist small bet is freaking huge like it's like millions of dollars potentially at a time it can scale up in content it's like all right my small bet as i start to build it if i do want to build like a team of content it might be like all right i'll send a couple of people to just hammer shorts mm-hmm. reels tiktoks on this particular topic and then it doesn't have to all yeah mean the same thing for everyone it can sort of mean whatever that small bet means to you even at like a micro micro level yeah absolutely i think you're right because you're saying it's not just kind of the size of the bet in terms of monetary no right there's also other aspects right one you don't know how much you would enjoy doing the thing Mm -hmm. so that's another thing you find out when you're doing the bet so it's not just time and money it's enjoyment yep and then there's also 
you know, I gave the example earlier on about the coin where you know it's 55%, 45%. Mm. You don't know what the payoffs are yet. No. So because that's an unknown, mm -hmm. you kind of have to make small bets so that you can get a better grasp of what the payoffs are going to be. Mm. And then as time goes on and then you discover, oh, my payoff for, you know, doing a sketch note yeah. might be more like 80%, yep. you know. Now I can spend more time on that yeah. you because know, I'm much more certain through the process of experimentation yeah. that this is something that will give me a higher payoff. Yeah. So it's just like you're able to navigate this sea of uncertainty, which is the content game, yep. by thinking very, very small mm. and then getting feedback from the environment by just putting stuff out there. I love it. And I've had it happen in the past couple of weeks as well. Like we haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks, but I've been doing experiments with like shorts mm. where- I would usually maybe even spend like a day, like a full day or a day and a half editing the living shit out of the animations on a short or like a reel or TikTok, that, the shorter form stuff. And then I was like, all right, let's try this sort of more experimental approach to it. How can I give the same amount of value, but let's cap it to like, say, two hours? Mm. What can I do within two hours? So then I just threw on the screen recording software. I'll go over certain topics that were mentioned in the stream and that stream was kind of the stream's kind of like a lower, like a smaller bet for me as well because it's work I'm gonna I'm gonna be practicing anyway. I'm kind of just turning on the camera and talking shit. Mm -hmm. It's become a little bit more than that now because I really like interacting with chat and just chatting, like talking with everyone and that kind of thing. But it's just like getting bits and pieces from that questions that are asked from that. Okay, if I turn on the camera, how can I? Like people seem to like the style that I do. So mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, how can I couple that with the questions that are asked in stream, but do it within two hours? And it was literally just like screen recording, showing me talk through. And I just came off the back of doing a couple of workshops as well. Mm. So like that, all this stuff was like fresh, explaining it to yeah. people, doing that. I was like, all right, yeah, I can knock this out in a couple of hours. I could probably like do maybe three or four in a day. Mm -hmm. And they perform just as well, and if not better, than the highly polished, highly produced sort of reels and, and shorts and that kind of thing because mm. the, the value is still there. Mm -hmm. The content is still decent and high enough value, I think, and it's getting the idea across. Mm. It's just in a different way, whereas I can sometimes have a tendency to think that the value I'm putting is like the time. I think it's like an unconscious thing. It doesn't logically make sense, but it's like an unconscious thing. It's like I spent like three days on this video. Mm. It should produce more value for the viewer not necessarily and definitely not necessarily for the algorithm as well mm. so it's like okay what can i do within two hours small bet this shit up and churn out a bunch of different stuff and it de-stressed me a heck of a lot as well it's just like oh i'm going back to experimentation i kind of got into a little bit of a rhythm there mm. which i want to consistently try and break out of mm -hmm. it's like all right let's try this thing let's see what other people are doing oh that seems to be working that's kind of interesting all right give that a shot that doesn't look like it's gonna take too long let's put my spin on it let's do this let's do that like it's almost you gotta like it's a weird thing where, when you start making content your way of thinking starts changing you almost have like a content lens on a lot of things now mm. if someone asked you a question if you weren't doing content you just answer the question but now someone asked me a question that hasn't been asked before then i'll throw that in notion mm. on my notes and i'll keep that in a database of all the things that people have asked me and just ideas that i have and consistently always putting new ideas in this sort of backlog of things and now i'm looking at it more of just like a bunch of small bets mm. like even how you're saying this now i'm going to put that frame on these things more and more like the small bets and then just, yeah, doubling and tripling down on the things that work. Like, I want to see how I can do that in YouTube itself mm. with the proper videos, whether that's more like um, 
me just talking over a time lapse. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like me doing a kind of more look what I did. This is the things that helped versus like a full on edited extravaganza it might not get as many views but you never know either mm. i mean in shorts they're getting more views than my fully edited one so who knows but that's the thing you don't know so it's like trying different things that aren't going to take like two weeks to edit and yeah because that can really slow you down as well because the momentum stops and it's a buddy it's a momentum game this stuff as well yeah it's a huge huge thing and i think i said this before like i have sort of categories of types of content that i feel like in my mind what they are there's ones like algorithm pleases just to keep the momentum up that i still mm. still want to jam pack as much value as i can but i might be a little bit more like time poor because of whatever's going on and i'll just throw them out there then i've got like my keystone pieces mm. of content that's like yep this is a, this is a thing that's like i spent a bunch of time on and it's like i think it's the highest value like that might mm. be the sketch notes and that might be the youtube video so always thinking about what's my cornerstone mm real like gold nugget kind of piece of content that like my younger self would absolutely love mm. then you got the sort of periphery stuff where it's sort of sort of there's like a slider up and down of the time that's put into it and then the perceived value of how i think it's going to go mm. but i think that perceived value i don't know yeah, <laughs> basically that's why it's called perceived value right yeah exactly right. I, I, I really don't know what you're talking about with having your keystone pieces of content and then having these things on the periphery it reminds mm. me a bit of what Google used to do mm. with their employees. They used to have uh, be allowed to have 20% free time mm. and then 80% of whatever work they were assigned to do. So yeah. when that 20% free time, they could work on whatever project they wanted to. Yeah. And then some of those projects came to be big Google products mm. because they were just made out of, you know, oh, this might be a good idea. Yeah. But it was through that experimentation and having the freedom to be able to just work on something that might not feel relevant right now, mm. but you're getting pulled to it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Reckon, yeah, listening to that more often versus mm. just sticking to what works because you can only do that for so long. Or you can always come back to that. You don't have to stop doing what works or what works. Like what works now might just be like, oh, I had no idea what actually works. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's I was busting my ass trying to get this stuff done. And I could do it in like a tenth of the time and just have just as much impact. Mm. Like it's interesting. Do you feel like you kind of needed to go through that expensive oh, like, yeah. yeah, phase yeah. before you could kind of let it go? Yeah, because I've done it enough now. And now it's just like it, a lot of this stuff is an energy game. How mm. much energy do I have in any one given day or week? Now I'm, like, I'm kind of like thinking in weeks now mm. of, okay, I've got things kind of lined up content-wise with myself, with other people, then I've got projects lined up, like with the the course and things of that nature. It's like, okay, what can I get done? How do I keep this sort of machine going mm. while still having fun with it? Because that's, I think that comes through in the content. I still want to learn, like the whole thing about this was sharing my journey. Mm -hmm. I still want to have that journey. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have the content take over everything, but it's a business, right? So mm. how do I still have that journey and be interested in in all these things mm. and then create the content and, and run the business and do the marketing and that kind of thing it's just it's just an energy game at this point so if i can find ways to sort of 80 20 it mm -hmm. right and like pareto principle like the 20 percent of the work gets 80 percent of the results mm. just trying to figure that out is super valuable and I, as you said i don't think i could have you don't know what you don't know yeah. Because <laughs> if you think about it, all the, high, the the most highly polished piece of content 
it's like took forever should do better. Yeah, no, not always. Sometimes I find if I'm polishing something too much, it's almost like I know that it isn't good, so I have mm, to polish it. Yeah. But sometimes when you have an idea or a concept or a piece of art or whatever it is that mm. you know is good, you kind of just want to get it. Like you need to get it out there. Yeah. You don't. You don't polish it. Yeah. So sometimes it can be a signal that mm, maybe this isn't good or yeah. maybe. Maybe you shouldn't be polishing it in the first place. I think there's a there's a polishing where you get lost in it in a good way, mm. where you start off with like a really solid idea and you're like, okay, cool. How can I more visually tell this story or mm-hmm. like this example, this concept is what the word I was trying to get to. How can I better describe that? And then you sort of go down a rabbit hole. Oh, this would be cool. Oh, okay. Then you do that. Oh, it might be a little bit better. If, like that kind of polishing is cool versus like, oh, maybe we need to make this like animation wiggle a little bit more just to make it more aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. And that it's just like, where's the, yeah, it's just like an effort and energy game. Where's the effort going? Mm-hmm. How is this actually, go- could, I have, could I have stopped two hours ago and got, gotten the same result from a value perspective of like the user mm. that's going to be viewing this thing? I don't know. And there's no way to know that. Yeah. Unless you do an A-B test, and which I'm kind of doing in a weird, like not a very good way because it's not the exact same content. But the one I'm talking about is where I just drew an eye and just figured out like one way that I like to look at drawing the iris is to draw like a cylinder and think about the iris as the like end of the cylinder and then how that sort of rotates around the sphere of the eye. And that's just really... Not easy, but it's it's a very visual thing that you can just show mm. and then just like cut, cut, cut. And that did, buddy, yeah, fantastic. And that took you only a couple of hours to put together. Yeah, but that was also something that came through the stream as well. Mm. So that was yeah, kind of like being a, what's the word? The Like a metal pole looking for lightning. What's that lightning rod lightning for rod. like ideas? Mm-hmm. Like trying to figure out where to get more ideas from and, and get it from other content creators as well. Yeah, you need that reference and you need that yeah. inspiration. Yeah. Usually I find if I don't have ideas, it means I'm not consuming enough content. Mm. Yeah, you got to consume some as well. Mm. Like you got to sort of have your finger on the pulse of what's going on, which kind of sucks as well because I'm not one to want to. Like if I didn't do this as a job and I didn't enjoy like the creation of the content, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be posting anything, mm. you know, like I wouldn't be on probably social media at all. So it's kind of like that catch-22 of like oh, I've got to wade through a lot of bullshit <laughs> to like <laughs> find those nuggets. But that's also the fun of it as well because you can then start to figure out what you don't like. Exactly. Like what turns you completely off and you're like, oh, just mm. note to self, never do that, mm-hmm. at least for my taste. Yeah. Other people might love it. And you're waiting through it because, one, you know that it's bad, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you'd just be consuming it. Yeah. So you have a taste. You yeah. know what you like. You know what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's what's interesting about any person that's creating content. Yeah. It's like everyone has a different taste. That's it. And that's where you build that mode around you. You're you're mm. creating your own flavor of, of content. And that's your competitive advantage as well, mm-hmm. which is very reassuring. It's like a nice reassuring thought of, okay, me just having my own way of doing things is a competitive advantage versus trying to find like certain features and sort of bits and pieces of like a product itself. It's mm. like, yeah. I like doing it this way. People resonate with the way I talk about X, Y, Z, fill in your niche. Mm. And yeah, the sky's the limit. Do you think that works for everyone? Are there going to be people which are like, well, 
that their voice isn't resonating with anyone. Yeah, but then that, that comes down to the you've got to almost have kind of an analytical brain with this stuff if you mm. want to get anywhere with it. So it's like, yeah, you can just keep – this is why the whole thing of, oh, just keep consistent. It's like, cool, I can just like – even with drawing, I can just consistently draw a circle for like the rest mm. of my life. Where does that get me? You know, so you've got to kind of – and this is where the small bets comes in. Don't just stick to the one thing. Try a whole bunch of different stuff mm. out. And that's where you can start discovering and finding things that you both like and that's resonating with people as well. Mm. Because, yeah, without any experimentation, I would never would have done sketch notes. Then I never would have sort of shown people trying to explain how I think about stuff. Never would have started the newsletter to show the resources that I like because that's mm-hmm. like a, a pretty low, not low effort, but it's like a lower risk kind of thing as well, even the newsletter, putting together resources. I've just got to be conscious of what I'm watching. If it's valuable, saves a link. Mm-hmm. and write a note about it mm. so then I can go back and then write a little blurb and how it helped me out and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and then it comes down to are you enjoying making the content as well? That makes this whole process a lot easier because yeah. you're almost like drawn to like try different stuff out because I had that was what I was talking about. I had like a pull to change. Mm-hmm. I was like something's got to change. I've been doing the same, same for quite a while and that's even where the plugin came in as well. It's like, all right, I want to try this different art style. I want to get a little bit more and even like I'm doing traditional art now. Like I've done it in the past, but not for very long. Mm. So now I'm like playing around with gouache and that kind of spurred on the idea for how can I do this in Photoshop, this mm. kind of real blocky way of doing things. Ah, there's no good tools to do it. Let's figure out how to do that. And it's sort of like, yeah, you just got to want to try new shit. Yeah, you need that curiosity, I Bare guess. curiosity, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. Yeah, you can't turn that off. Yeah. You can cultivate it because I think if I threw myself when I started into my work schedule now, I'd be way overwhelmed. True. And mm. I'd be like, oh, fuck, how, how do you keep up mm. with this? And it's just like, oh, that's normal. You kind of acclimatize yourself to the level of curiosity that you've sort of got from creating stuff, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's a momentum game. It's very easy to fall off or like quote unquote fall off or feel like you felt off. That might not even be true, but it might be like, oh, Mr. I missed a couple of posts or like I missed three days in a row of when I said I was going to post. Mm. And it's like, oh. So that's in that situation, that's when I would use one of those small bit kind of content pieces. Mm. Maybe it's just a story. Maybe it's just a sketch. Maybe it's just a tweet. Keep that momentum going. Again, if this is what you want to do, if you don't want to do this, maybe you don't. it's not for you. Like as well, that's a, definitely an option. Yeah, and there's only kind of one way to figure out if it is for you. Yeah, is to kind of try it. Yeah, but it helps if you if you're bloody curious about this stuff. Mm. Would you say that the advice to be consistent should be made to maybe say be more consistently making small bets? Yeah, and and know that consistency looks different for different people. Mm. Some people post every day, and that's their consistency because they got a team around them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's their consistency. For me, consistency is posting. Once every three or four days. Mm-hmm. Now, it might go up as I sort of start to build a team. It might go down as I have larger projects. It is what it is, mm. all right? Because there's reasons for me sort of pulling that back. But as long as I keep that momentum going, and it's even like now I've found out that I can make or not even found out, but now I'm exploring and getting back to the small bets idea and that more exploratory way of doing pieces of content, I can even like 
batch do something, I can just like knock out a day potentially. If now I know that I can experiment doing these like two hour stints of like shorts that seem to be working on this one experiment that I ran. So Mm. a couple of them actually that that have done decently or just as good as the other higher produced ones. If I can knock that out, like what three, four, five of them in a day, I can just have them as like rainy day pieces of content. Mm. So if I'm if I'm struggling, if I've got a bunch on that week, boom, that's the one that's going out. That's another one that's going out, and it goes out to everywhere. It goes Instagram Shorts and TikTok as well. That's mm. something that I've I'm not as good at because I'm just used to Instagram, and it's such a habit now. Instagram's the one that I post to yeah. most consistently, and it is kind of a there is friction to posting to shorts. There is also friction to posting to TikTok as well because it's kind of little tweaks that you've got to do. Shorts, there are only 60 seconds. You can't go over. Reels, you can go a little bit further, I think, mm-hmm. and TikTok. So TikTok and Reels are kind of similar. Shorts, they need to sort of catch up a little bit with the old uh, Instagram and TikTok there. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I've gone off on all sorts of tangents and I can't remember what my original <laughs> talking point was. Oh, I, uh, consistency, yes, I guess. Yes, consistency. It yeah. It's shit advice. Like, it's interesting. Like, uh, what's his face? Rick Rubin. Mm. He's talking about, like, how advice is kind of bullshit as well. You've got to kind of figure it out. Most things out for yourself in a way. Like, advice is good up to a certain extent. This is only coming from my experience mm. with my particular taste, with my – audience that I've been able to build at the moment, how I started at that particular point in time. If you copied what I did pixel for pixel, word for word now, would it work? Who knows? Uh, who knows, mm. right? I mean, so it's kind of like you got to put your own lens on stuff as well. Yeah. And what you feel like you want to play around with. But yeah, just being curious with stuff as well. Mm. That's like a good yardstick, goalpost, whatever thing that you want to sort of put in there for that word you know yeah no, <laughs> you, know you definitely have to because yeah. it kind of keeps that enjoyment factor in there or at least that yearn to try stuff yeah i think i think you need that or just to keep going and find it interesting yeah because I, I was talking to a couple of guys like we catch up each week a bunch of sort of content creators that are in the space in the art space and there was that kind of concern that came up which might come up for like a lot of content creators is like I don't want to alienate my audience necessarily if I want to try something different. Mm. Like in this case, for me, there is a thought of like, I don't want to alienate them if I want to try sculpting Mm -hmm. or if I want to try traditional painting or if I want to do a different style of digital. And then we started to talk about, well, maybe it's time to reframe. And this is what I've tried to cultivate with my content is that it's my journey that you're following Mm. not so much the thing that I'm doing. That's not the fourth, like it is the forefront, but it's a gateway into my journey of what I'm working on. So you're following my journey. You're not following my how-tos. You're not following my, this is the way to do things. You're not following like so strict sort of like this is what Ben does. Mm. It's like you're following Ben, right? Yuck, I just talked about myself in the first person but you're like you're following me <laughs> yeah and my journey versus yeah one particular way of doing things so i think and that builds an even like stronger moat around you as mm. a content creator because then you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want mm. and if you're engaging and you sort of start to think about this as a game and you've got good content out there it's it's sort of like yeah game on i think it's funny because we've often talked about how 
we're worried about being pigeonholed, you know, in, in whatever circumstance we're in, whether it's other people pigeonholing us or, you know, being in a job and then only being asked to do one certain thing. Yeah. But like oftentimes, like you're talking about there, you're almost pigeonholing yourself. Oh, yeah. Because you're so worried about the perceptions of others or, yeah. you know, sticking to a brand or whatever. Yeah. Like you can kind of just. But sometimes that is the numbers will reflect the change yeah. as well. Like it's not like a, a made up thing. It legit like so sometimes your audience is like, what, now you're doing this thing? Mm. I think there's, oh, how I'm trying to set it up is when I'm interested in something, I want to almost have a transition period of me trying it out. So if I was doing sculpting, I might show how if I'm doing like a 2D drawing, mm. how I would translate that 2D drawing. I'll do that 2D drawing first and then I'll translate it into 3D and then mm. how I can use that 3D model to then help with my 2d so i'm trying to like blend the two which then can almost also create potential customers for a future product as well mm. blending the two worlds getting them interested in things that you're interested in but you've also got youtubers at the same time that will just like learn random shit yeah and they're huge i think the key thing is just posting interesting stuff because you know levels io yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, he runs all these like software as a service companies that are like super quick to make and make a lot of money. So it makes a lot of money. Mm. And he had a tweet go viral, I think, the other day where he was basically saying, I basically have no anxiety or depression anymore after I started to go to the gym and eat clean food. I saw this tweet. Yeah, and then he li like listed the exact food that he ate and like the gym routine. Yep. And he got like so much traction on that yeah it's just so randomly yeah you know? like he was just posing something interesting yeah you could imagine him being you know if he was someone that would worried about being pigeonholed or like are people gonna unfollow me because yeah. i start talking about gym yeah. and food yeah when i usually talk about tech and making software like, yeah maybe they would or maybe it would just blow up or maybe yeah. you know and then you can kind of post content that's more of the content that you just want to put out there and it might just be okay yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out with a bloody fitness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, might, that might be next. <laughs> that's the thing. Twitter's like a small bets platform, I think. Mm. That was like a low risk kind of thing. Like I love health, fitness and all that sort of stuff. Would I go and create a, an Instagram post of me flexing in the mirror and showing you like all my macros and all the – like probably not, but – But that, that would be a small bet. That would be that would be a huge bet. That would be – that would be oh. – <laughs> 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 No, but I might talk about, okay, like I've had this idea of doing like a challenge where it's like, okay, I believe like the food that you eat and the exercise that you do is going to make you a better artist because you mm. have bandwidth to be more creative, right? So maybe there's like a challenge or a stream where we actually do like a chest workout at home and then we understand the anatomy and we try and draw the anatomy of the muscle groups that we just worked out mm. or we're going to draw them first. So it's like kind of noting it into your audience kind of as well. Like but what I like ways. about that, yeah. even just you describing it now, is that it's very Ben, you know? No one else could do that. Yeah. But I well, feel like could, your followers, but, like, yeah. but it wouldn't like be them. Yeah. Or, or maybe you would, there would be another Ben that would yeah. do that. But, but it's, very, it's very you and I do feel like there would be your true fans who would be just super into it. Yeah. And it would yeah. be pretty cool. It would be, it'd be, yeah, I wanted to call it like Anata, Anata Us. <laughs> So instead of that of me, it's a nada us. So we're gonna, all right. So we need to do like ten push-ups every like half hour. Uh -huh. 
and we're going to work on the pecs, how we're drawing the pecs, okay? So then they insert here and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's kind of like just weird shit, having fun it's with fun, it. It's fun, right? It's just fun. Fun, weird shit, you know? <laughs> like, But also, it's not lost on me that I've also got a benefit of already having people that seem to like just me doing stuff mm. just because of me at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Like it sounds weird to say, but it's like sort of what I've been seeing with the streams. I'm not the best artist in the world, but people stick around, whether it's just be the what I'm talking about, how I talk about stuff, funny bits and pieces, like mm. we've come like inside jokes in the stream as well. Like it's interesting. But it's it's weird weird to say that's kind of what I've what I've noticed. So it's like I do have that leeway as well to like experiment. But I think setting that up from the get-go that this isn't just like how to draw. Mm. It's just like it's me. What's up? And I think that's also part of me not putting on a facade whether it be through this podcast or through the YouTube videos or stream or anything, I'll fucking swear. I'll give you my real thoughts on whatever. And I think that also gives you freedom as well, Mm. both internally and it just feels good, but also, yeah, it gives you freedom to like, oh, okay, Ben's doing weird shit now. Mm. (laughs) I'll either want to watch it or not. You know what I mean? (laughs) If not, worst case, I'm getting better at anatomy and i got a nice chest pump. For me, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if the views go to zero, it's like, all right, there's a is win-win. But also, as I was talking about before, thinking like that, thinking about content ideas without doing the content, you don't get these ideas without starting the stream. You don't have that kind of thing without putting out anatomy posts on Instagram mm. that do well. I might not have had that spark to go and think about doing whatever. So, yeah, it's there is no like – this is where this is more of like a conversation, like this whole make now think later. Is like, this is why I love it because it's more of a conversation. Our views and ideas are going to change over time yeah. with stuff. And the more and more I'm sort of doing it, the more and more I realize like there's no one, like I already sort of figured that in the beginning of doing this, but there's no one right way of doing any of this mm. shit. But there's some sort of key principles that you can kind of work to to get started. But I do know for a fact if you don't start, Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, you need to actually you do the experimentation. Do right? <laughs> yeah. So that's why I like where we're talking about the exploration, mm. that sort of insatiable thirst for knowledge or experiences or whatever in content. Or just a feeling to make a concept real or just to be like, oh, yeah. this is a cool idea. I and I think that real. You, you get into the habit of when you finish one, you're like, oh, this, would, this is what it feels like to finish a thing. Mm. On this, again, small bets. That's like the benefit of it. You get that feeling and it's almost like a little dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. I've finished it. Not even when you post it, not the likes, not the whatever. You finish the thing. Ha, huh, sick. Okay. Now when you start to creep up to that sort of almost finishing something and when your little procrastination brain mm-hmm. pops in and the little like thing that says, oh, just put it down. We'll do it tomorrow. Do it. To-. No, that dopamine will start to kick in. Like now we're going to get to the finish line of this one and then you've done another one. And then that's where momentum hits in. And you're off to the races, sort mm. of thing, and then you and then you're hooked. I think I feel like we're shilling like, do, like a drug, like dopamine is like, <laughs> do this because right. it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's fantastic for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel that too when I when I make something or I put something out. You know, mm. oh, I finished something. Yeah, that's good. And then you just keep getting better and you just keep doing it. And yeah, see where it takes you. That's it, man. This was good fun. We've spanned a bunch of different topics. We'll see you in the next one. That was Make Now, Think Later. Make Now, Think Later. Now make now and think later. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. See ya.